hello. This is the Stuff I Heard podcast, and I'm your host, Josh Peak, And it's uh, Saturday morning, October, the something. What is it? The third? The fourth? The third? The third. October 3rd. Hey. We got less than 30 days till Halloween, and I still don't know what I want to do for a costume. Uh, our friends Dan and Lori have invited us over to a costume party, and I don't know what I'm going to be. I got to decide something, though, if I'm going to get it and get it in the mail, because let's face it, uh, supplies are running quickly. Um, I'm sure a lot of people right now are thinking the same thing I am. They're like, oh, no, what am I going to do? I got to come up with something. Well, yeah, so we all have to. Now, I'm wearing my Mandalorian shirt right now, and you can probably think, oh, oh, he must you know, want to play a Mandalorian or a Boba Fett or something like that. And that would be cool, but that's going to be expensive. Not only expensive, but if you have your face covered, well, then you're not exactly like mingling with everybody and having a good time. And it just makes it awkward for you to have to have a face mask in front of you and you can't see that well. It goes back to the story I told about having to wear a C-3PO mask. So <clears throat> while it would be cool to dress up like Boba Fett or the Mandalorian, um, I would kind of like to do a couple's costume with my wife. I need to write that down. Custom couples. I try to make notes for myself as I go. In the beginning, I just winged this stuff, and then somewhere along the way, um, it was told to me that, hey, if you just write down some stuff, it might make it easier to do it. And I'm not going to say that they're not right, because they were right. <laughs> so anyway... Um, so couples costumes. Now, here's a couple ideas. I thought about maybe um, like it was thrown out to us, not us coming up with it, but somebody mentioned possibly going as the Flintstones, Fred and Wilma. And I looked on Amazon and it looks like a, you know, a standard one size fits all Fred and Wilma costume is going to run you about uh, 40 bucks because it's just, a, I guess, like a like a tunic type cover uh, for both of you. Uh Fred's, of course, is the giant, broad-chested, full-length, loincloth-type thing that's probably made out of felt material. And it has, like, the blue tie that he has on. Um, and then Wilma's is just a white tunic-type, toga-type thing that's probably made out of felt again. And it had, comes with, like, a, a headpiece that makes it look like her orange hair on the cartoon. Um, I don't know that my wife's into that. I don't think that either one of us is like, yeah, Flintstone, sure. Although it does kind of fit us. I am kind of like Fred Flintstone in a lot of ways. Um, I'm loud. I say crazy stuff. I do crazy aggressive things sometimes. And uh, she sort of giggles at me when I do it. And, you know, she's very supportive uh, of all my crazy ideas, including this one. Who would have thought, right? But, you know, I don't know that that's our, that that's the costume. I don't, maybe it's just the thing we use to get through. I don't know. Um, this is kind of short notice. We are typically not dressy up kind of people for this kind of stuff. So anyway, that's an idea. Possibly the Flintstones. Um, looking at couple uh, couples costumes on Amazon, there are stuff like um, salt and pepper shakers. Uh, peanut butter and jelly. Like it's got a, like a piece of bread that you wear with one side's peanut butter and one side's jelly. They've got one where one's an outlet and the other one's a plug. That's kind of 
weird. Um, I saw one that was like ketchup and mustard. And I was like, mm, okay, I get it, I guess. And then I went back to looking up Mandalorian and the little child baby Yoda type outfits. And I thought, well, my wife's really short and maybe I could, that would be cute. But no, I'm not. No, pass. Kind of want something fun. Uh, but also I don't want anything covering my face. Like I don't, I don't want to put anything on my face if I can help it. So anyway, I just like to throw out their ideas. Like what, what would you dress up of or what is, what have you dressed up as, as a couple that may be a good idea? Like, give me some ideas. Um, I'm kind of looking for something and, and whatever we decide, like whenever we, we finally pick something, I'll probably put pictures up on Instagram and you guys can check it out there. Um, it'll be kind of fun. So if you come up with ideas, send pictures to me and I'll put it on the Instagram or tag, tag stuff I heard, uh, on Instagram, stuff I heard podcast. And it'll come up and I'll be like, oh, there they are. Hey, cool. Um, probably the easiest way to share it right there. So uh, also with that going on, let's talk about some stuff in the news. I know people are sick and tired of the news and politics in general, but uh, it was announced just yesterday that the president and the first lady have COVID. So hmm, that's going to be interesting. Um, now, granted, you would think that the president and the first lady have the best health care in the world. So they're going to be taken care of and I'm sure it'll be fine. But it is one of those things that's suddenly like, oh, well, here's the leader of the free world and his wife both now coming down with COVID. It's going to raise a lot of questions as to um, why. I've got a buddy of mine that's sort of a, a Trump hater. You guys know him. <laughs> Treadaway is not a Trump supporter at all. He, uh, matter of fact, often references him as the orange man and then goes on a rant about how much he hates him. Um, and I don't hate anybody. I dislike people, but I, I can't say that I hate anybody. Um, and, I, and I'm putting words in his mouth, too. It's not that he hates him, but I think he does hate him. This is just my words, not his. So, you know, of course, when he sees it, he's immediately like, you know, well, this is what he deserves and, you know, da, da, da. And, and listen, I don't wish ill on anybody. And, and, you know, if COVID is as bad as they say it is, which apparently it is for some people, then it's not good. Um, you know, we've talked about the fact that, that both Biden and Trump are very elderly. Uh, neither one are in peak physical condition. Uh, Biden is definitely not in top mental condition. Um, Trump, though delusional, does seem a little bit sharper when it comes to his ability to communicate ideas. Doesn't mean I like either one of them. It's just, it is what it is. So what's going to happen with the election just around the corner? You got one guy who can't complete his thoughts and say things in a clear manner. You got the other guy who's a lunatic and he's got COVID. And you're supposed to vote for one of these idiots in the next month. It's about a month away. Yeah, today's the third. I think uh, election Tuesday is like the first week in November. I, I don't know exact date, but hey, we got to vote for one of these idiots. It's coming up really soon. And there, there's no great, there's no great vote here. Uh, I'll just be honest. 
So I hope that they pull through. I hope that everybody's fine. Um, I know a lot of people will say that it's not fair that they get the top level healthcare and everybody else gets crap. And there's probably some truth to that. But um, also, like, if you had a leader of your country or whatever, you'd kind of want them to get better health care than someone who, I don't know, sits around and plays video games all the time or does nothing but drink or, you know, someone who's a layabout, a lazy layabout. And they're not listening to this podcast, so I can talk about them because, you know, you know who they are. They know who they are. They won't admit it. They'll blame everybody else for their problems, but they know who they are. So anyway, I do want to talk about something that's near and dear to my heart, which is unemployment. Okay, so I talked about it on the last episode about how we thought we'd fixed my wife's unemployment situation where the payments had been halted because of a new security thing that you have to go through in South Carolina. I don't know if this is nationwide or if it's just South Carolina, but the new security thing says that uh, they're trying to cut down on fraud, so they want you to go through these extra steps so that you can claim your money. Well, that being said, they've made it so difficult that a lot of people can't get their money. And I hope, I hope, 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 and pray that there's somebody out there who's paying attention to this, who's in some sense of power that can reach out and help fix this problem because a lot of people are affected by this. Now, one of the things that it asks on there is proof of your identity, which means you have to have an an identity. You have to have a license. So right away, you're kicking out everybody who may not have an ID, may not be able to drive. Or let's just say you're blind or handicapped in some way and you don't have the ability to drive. Do you then have to have a physical ID in order to get it? Now, this is a big thing that came up when it came to voting was the right to whether or not you had to have a valid ID in order to vote. And a lot of people were saying that it was it was uh, not fair to a lot of people who couldn't get an ID, who are physically unable to get an ID, or people whose citizenship was in question, so maybe they didn't have an ID. And it just seemed logical that you should have an ID in order to vote. Like, you should be able to say, hey, my name is Bob, and here's my ID. It says my name is Bob, and I got it, and Bob's here. I'm voting for Bob. Okay, well, why not? So now unemployment is going to be tied to that. I mean, I don't know that it wasn't before or if it was, I don't know how they got away with doing it before, but they just changed it this week. And it's like, send us a copy of your driver's license and your claimant number. So I talked about how we had to search and search for her claimant number on that uh, DEW website. And we finally found it and got it sent in. I was having a conversation with my buddy Josh Redaway last night, who's got a friend who's gone through the same process and having the same troubles. And he said they told him they needed the front and back copy of the ID, which wasn't on the original stuff that my wife got. My wife talked to somebody yesterday and they never mentioned it. It's not mentioned anywhere on the website. It's not mentioned anywhere. But apparently if you don't do the front and back of your ID when you submit your upload of who you are, they're going to deny your money, which he's already not gotten this week. This week. So it's like, okay, this is money owed because of being let go, because of COVID, because of the downforce, because of all of this stuff. And you're still trying to figure out loopholes to let people or to, to, to push people out of getting their benefits. And it's not right. Like 
somebody should step up and say, hey, let's figure this out. Let's get this going. Let's let's make this happen. I mean, this is ridiculous. Um, on another side, uh, <clears throat> I talked about an incident at work. We got that all settled. Uh, apparently, it was just miscommunication in a couple of different directions. And uh, it's all resolved. It's all good. Um, I am going to have a change at work starting this coming week. I am no longer going to be off on Wednesdays. I'm going to be off on Tuesdays, potentially, assuming there's nothing else that has to be done. And it's going to be on a situational basis, you know, kind of like it was with Wednesdays. Um, They are trying to keep me around 40 hours as close as possible, but that's impossible because of the job I do. And the fact that I'm riding with drivers who on a daily basis drive somewhere between 10 and 15 hours a day. So you figure four days of that, you're going to run an average of about 50-ish hours a week or more or less, just depending on how the week goes. And if you work a fifth day in there, then that's just more time. So financially, it's in their best best uh, best interest to try to keep me as low as possible. But business-wise, they kind of need me to work more hours. So it's one of those weird things of people ask me all the time, so what's your normal work schedule? Don't have one. I work all day, every day, <laughs> generally speaking. But starting this next week, Tuesday's going to be the day that I'm doing something else. So I don't know if I'm going to be keeping with the two podcasts a week idea. Um, that started because I had a break in the week because there was time where I could sit down and have more things to talk about and and kind of live a little bit of life and stuff like that. So I may have to make a choice to not do two a week. Um, it may be once a week. It may only be once a week from this point on. Um, now, of course, everything is subject to change. If, uh, if I find the ability to do more, like if I have people who want to Zoom, you know, in the afternoons or on a weekend and I can delay the, the time it comes out, I could do that. I could record multiple on a weekend and put them out. There's all these production things that I could do that, that, uh, makes sense, but it's all a trade off. Like it's time for something. You have a, a finite amount of time in your life of things you can do and time you can do it and energy you can expand towards it. And if you have other things planned, well, then you have to decide how you're going to spend your time. Everybody does. Doesn't matter what you're into. You could be into fishing, hunting, racing, uh, dirt bike, dirt bike riding, um, knitting. Uh, you name it. You could be, uh, you know, I don't know, weaving alpaca wool or something. I don't know. <laughs> you you have to manage your time according to what you want, and so. I had managed my time to do this podcast twice a week um, and sometimes at my own expense or at my family's expense because it was like, I got to do this now. And so you've heard on this podcast, me talk about, we have this to do, we have that to do, and we're going to try and get it done, but I'm going to pop on here and I'm going to do my thing. I still want to stay with that mentality. I still want to kind of do something outside the box, but it has to be in a box for you guys, right? Because let's face it, one of the things that I like about podcasts is the fact that I know certain ones come out on certain days. And it's like, oh, I got this one I can listen to. Yay. And 
So I want to spend that time listening and when it doesn't come, when the people that I listen to maybe are on hiatus or like Joe Rogan, when he moved out to Austin, Texas, there was a time period where he didn't put any out because he was in the middle of a move. There was a lot of stuff he had to do physically um, with his family and to get set up, moving a home, moving a business, all of that stuff. There was a period where he didn't put anything out and that's fine. Like he's never been on a schedule. Uh, when he is cranking them out, he sometimes does several a day or, or one a day or two a day or three a day, who knows? Um, but they come out pretty consistently. And when there's a break, it's like, yeah, Joe's living his life. Well, the same is kind of true here. This is just me living my life. So with that being said, um, this is probably going to be a, a once a week podcast uh, moving forward unless things change. So I'm not saying this is set in stone. I'm just saying this is what I'm going to probably end up doing because of the work schedule change, which is fine. I was kind of feeling that push anyway, um, doing as many as I've been doing. I mean, this is episode 265 and I started two years ago in May. So we're about two and a half years into this and been doing a lot of them. And I hope you guys have enjoyed it. I've been, I've enjoyed doing them, uh, some more than others, obviously, but you know, it is one of those things where I have to manage it. So anyway, moving forward enough about that, Josh, no one cares. Uh, <laughs> I, uh, I did watch, uh, a new show that I want to talk about in a second. Um, but first I want to talk about the boys. Okay. The boys comes out every Friday on Amazon prime. The latest episode is really good. Lots of new character development. I can't really give anything away because it is a week by week show and I don't want to spoil it for anybody who's interested in watching the show. Um, all I can say is it's still good. Like every episode is still really good. There's still new character things that happen that you're unexpected. Um, it's fascinating. I mean, it's really the, the writing in this is incredible. The amount of money that they put into the show is pretty incredible. Um, the stunt work is incredible, especially this episode. There's a lot of cool stunt work in this one. Um, but yeah, check out the boys on Amazon prime. Very cool. Also raised by wolves. I've talked about this on a number of episodes because they've kind of had this delayed way they've put it out. They started off with three episodes and then it was two and two and two. Well, final episode yesterday. Okay. There's 10 episodes in the season and I was, I was in the beginning very amazed at the idea of the show. I was amazed at the path that the show was taking. There is this mysticism of this supposed God type person that they call Saul, that people hear voices from Saul and Saul tells them to do things. And there's a whole nother faction of people that are atheists because they think that Saul is evil and they don't, they don't want to give any credit to this supposed Saul because apparently Saul makes them do really horrible things to one another. So there's this division of humans. There's, there's people who are believers and people who are unbelievers and the people who are believers literally hear Saul's voice, tell them to do things. And sometimes it's really awful things, really awful things. 
And I think that this season is going to lead us to more information as it goes on because we don't, as at this point, I've watched all the episodes. Spoiler alert, I haven't seen Saul, Adam, but I have seen enough to know that more than one character is actually hearing the voice of Saul tell them things that they couldn't know otherwise, leading them in ways that they wouldn't otherwise know how to do anything. So I don't know who Saul is. That's step number one, okay? I don't think it's a god. I think it's something to do with aliens or this planet that they're on or something. There's something that's Saul. It's not Saul. It's it's not God. It's something else. That's my theory. Um, there is a interesting element of the android giving birth to a child. Um, you would think something mechanical couldn't give birth to something biological, but it happens. Now, the show is called Raised by Wolves. So it's like, okay, where, where, what's the analogy of the wolf part? Is the fact that the wolf is these androids, that they're dangerous and that they're they're caregiving, but they can also kill you at a moment's notice. I mean, maybe that's the idea of the show is that this raised by wolves part is the, the androids are the wolves because they're machines, but they're really, really super strong. And of course the, the mother, the female is a necromancer. And when she puts in those stupid eyeballs, man, she can just, and that people explode into blood clouds, which is really amazing. Um, but also, like, they never tire, per se. Um, they don't have any limits to their physical strength, it appears. I mean, like you would think a, a robot would have. So maybe that's the idea of the show. I don't know. There's a lot of characters that are kids on the show that have interesting ways of looking at what's going on around them. There are some kids that are believers. There are some that don't want to believe. There's a, a young girl on there who supposedly was raped by a believer, and so she she doesn't want to believe. As a matter of fact, she doesn't want her kid. But it's one of those things where apparently human kids are hard to come by, so everyone's encouraging her to have this child. Um, there's this weird thing of a kid that was raised by mother and father, Android. Uh, Cas Caspian, I think is his name. And Campion, something like that. Anyway, and he's raised to be an atheist of sorts. And so he's only believing in his abilities and the things that he can do, which the androids believed was the better way to lead humans to survive. Now, I'm going to get into a huge spoiler here because I, if you guys are watching the show and you don't want to hear this part, just, just go la, 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 la for a little bit. Okay. So she gives birth to a baby, but it's not a baby. It is a serpent type thing. And it dawns on her all of a sudden this thing is dangerous. This is not, this is not what I thought it was. This is not going to be a child that I raised. This is something from this planet. Something has bored inside of me. And now I've given physical birth to it. And in a way I'm sort of its mother, but also like it is dangerous on this planet. They've come across these giant skeletal things of the serpent type creatures that look like dinosaur bones almost, but just huge and there's these giant holes in the planet. And we've seen things come out of the holes over time. And coming out of the holes are these creatures that walk on all fours. And they don't make sounds 
like people. They sort of make all these weird clicking and hissing noises, and it's just seen as animals for a lot for a large part. But they can cling to the walls of these caves, and they can climb upside down, and they're crazy fast, and they hunt in packs. And the question is, what are they? Are they dangerous? Are they are you know are they the wolves? Are they the things that's that sort of making people do the things that they're supposed to do? Are they the voice of Saul? Are they some type of collective force that's like making things happen? What are they? I don't know. It wasn't explained. There is a process where somewhere in this voyage of the last episode, mother and father come across a skeletal remain of a Neanderthal. Now, apparently father has some ability to bite it. breaks a piece off and bites it and chews on it. And he's like the chemical composition, blah, 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 is this. And they sort of come to a conclusion that humans had lived there before, but that they're de evolving. Like this was a recent skull, but not super recent, but based upon like these interesting drawings in cave walls and some of the artifacts that they found, they find some sense of life that used to be advanced that has de-evolved. And the question is, why have they de-evolved? What's going on? What's happened? You've got two different storylines, though. You've got this storyline going, going on with mother and father and these kids and them trying to survive and her having this baby serpent type thing. And then you've got the storyline of Travis Fimmel being this, you know, leader of the people that are all supposedly leaders or followers of Saul. And he's supposed to be their Messiah or their King or whatever it is that's in his brain about what he is. But it's all super, so super obsessed in himself. That makes me think that, you know, as he's hearing these voices and they're leading him to do something that maybe it's not Saul, maybe it's something else. He thinks it's Saul. He thinks he's being led by God to do these things. They never say the word God, but it's, Saul being led by Saul to do these things. And they're really horrible things that he does, but it's like, okay, so what's, what's the deal here? Like they never really go into a lot of depth talking about the big question mark of who Saul is, what Saul is, what the purpose is, what he's really trying to do. He's sort of out of his mind in a couple of these parts. And I mean, he's the perfect guy to play it. We saw him do it as, as a uh, Ragnar on Vikings. So it's an interesting character development for him, and, and I'm, I'm digging it. Now, I had a conversation with Josh Treadway yesterday where we were talking about the show, and he was like, is it good? And I said, it's kind of good. It's not great, but it's kind of good. There's, it has the potential to be really great. It's just, a, again, they didn't really come around to giving you more information in season one than they could have. And because of that, I I mean, if I'm giving it a, on a scale of one to 10, I'm giving it like a six and a half. Okay. It has the potential to be like an eight, eight and a half. If they come around with some things that I think they're going to do in season two, most shows nowadays are written as more than one season. They pitch it that way because one of the things that a lot of uh, networks like to do is give you seasons of stuff because they can, the first season's always in setup and design and a lot of money for the backdrops and for everything that you got to do in the special effects division. A lot of money spent on season one. Season two is where you make your money. I heard that on a podcast with um, 
was it Kevin Smith? He talked about sequels always make you more money, even if they make less money than the first season of anything or the first version of anything, because the sequel has to spend less money on all of the the backdrops and all of the special effects and all of the people who do their job as a routine. So if you have a show with multiple episodes, multiple, not multiple episodes, multiple seasons, then you've spent most of your money for season one, season two, season three, season four can just be a cash drop. You're making money. People are are tuning in. People are talking about it. People are giving you a buzz. So when you write, you tend to write it as that. You tend to, you want to put enough in so that you don't give everything away, but you want to put enough in that the people go, oh, I got to watch more. Now, that paradigm is changing. Like I, I read recently where shows are, are not pitching four season shows anymore. They're pitching two season shows. Apparently, this is something that a lot of British TV shows have done over the past, and it's worked out really good for them. But sometimes it ends up being a thing where they come up with a show, they do two seasons, and they bail. And then the fans are left going, wait, what? we're not getting any more? So it can then turn into a thing where maybe it gets bought out by somebody else to do it in America or another country, or it gets made into a movie, and in which case they can have a cash windfall that way. That's the whole business side of it. And I'm kind of wondering what's going to happen with this show. Did they write it for two seasons? Did they write it for four? The way they put it out, it kind of makes me wonder if maybe it's just set up for two seasons or maybe just one. Maybe they put it out and they were like, I don't know. I mean, maybe some executives watched it and they were like, let's just throw it out there. We spent money on it. Let's just get people to watch it. Maybe it'll catch on, maybe not, but let's just get it out there. So if anybody out there is listening from HBO Max, and you're curious about how your show, Raised by Wolves, is doing. Listen, right now you've got the potential for a really great show. And you've shown a lot of things that are really cool. The special effects are amazing. The storyline has a lot of possibilities, especially with the... I need some explanation with the cave wall, with the with the serpent moving in the drawing. The drawing itself is moving. I'm like, wait, what? There is the moment where Travis Fimmel and his wife in the show are having sex and the, the thing above them is moving. You've shown glimpses of people on the show doing stuff and talking and and you show representation of these little metal tins that have pictures on them and the pictures move whenever the Android mother looks at it. There's no explanations. Like there's, there's a lot of speculation. There's a lot of what is this, but there's no explanations. So, I mean, if it's writing, like get some better writers or kick the writers you have in the ass and say, let's go forward here and let's make it happen. Let's get, let's get something. Let's resolve some of these storylines. Let's get this rope people back in. I mean, the last episode was probably the best episode because it revealed the most. I mean, it wasn't that the episode was super, super great, but there's a whole thing in the last episode that I don't understand. There's a thing with the serpent where it's born and then it's, it's latched onto mother and it's sucking the life out of her. And she's saying something like, you know, I can't, as long as it's suckling on me, it's not killing. She's telling father this and then they have to go and he's like, you know, we, she says we have to destroy it before it looks for blood. Cause right now it's living on my fluids on my milk. And she's like, but I'll be drained soon. And when it, when it's, when it's full, it's going to go after blood. So they make the decision to try and kill it. They get in the spaceship and they fly into the, of course, this is a spoiler if you guys haven't watched this, they fly into the 
hole in the planet, one of the holes in the planet, and they go towards the, the core and they are melting as they get closer and closer because it's super hot and they crash into it. And you're like, oh my God, they like this is a pivotal moment. These are like main characters of the show and they're, they've decided to kill themselves off in the first season. What? But this serpent thing has some kind of time ability to, to affect time. And the serpent thing reverses time somehow, pulls them out of it, gets them back on the surface. They come to like father comes to and he, he grabs mother and the, the serpent thing is somehow flying around a chair and there's some time travel crap going on. And you're like, what, what is going on? And then he grabs her and they jump out of the aircraft as it's flying off. And you then see the serpent towards the end of the show and it's huge. It is, it's the size of the, of the, the skeletal things that they found. It's like a giant flying serpent dinosaur. And the whole time I'm watching it, I'm going, what? I'm just, I'm left, I'm left speechless. I'm, I'm like, what? I don't understand. I don't understand. I don't understand HBO Max. What's going on with this show? So, uh, okay. I'm at the part where I want to talk about the show that got me the most excited this week. Okay. On Amazon prime, there's a show that came out called utopia. Now, Utopia, I'm going to talk about a lot of spoilers here. If you want to watch Utopia, I'm going to tease it, and then I'm going to get to the spoiler part, and I'll warn you ahead of time if you don't want to listen to the spoiler part. Okay. So Utopia is supposed to be a comic that comes out, a graphic comic book. Um, It is the sequel to a comic book called Dystopia. Now, Dystopia was this supposed graphic comic that went around and a bunch of people had formed these fan clubs where they really got into it and they studied it a lot. There's a lot of tiny little things that are in each picture that mean something and they sort of predict the future. Now this is the crazy part is in this stuff, they predict things that haven't happened yet that then come to happen. They, they all come true. So there's these weird fan groups out there on the internet and they're all communicating to each other and they're all freaking out and as the show goes, they find this sequel, this utopia graphic comic. So then the buzz is, oh, I, I can't wait to see it. How do I see it? Well, this couple that finds it, they offer it up in like a silent auction type thing where people get to come and view a page. And then from that page, they make a silent bid on the collection. Okay, here's the spoiler part. Okay, and if, you, if you don't want to hear what it's about, cut it off right here. Okay. One, two, three. Here we go. All right. So revealing the collection, then these guys come in and they kill everybody who's seen it. Uh, somebody runs away with it. This this kid runs away with it. They go after everybody who's seen it. They kill everybody who's laid their eyes on it. There's this whole secret faction of people. Um, it's crazy. Okay. The most interesting part of this show is John Cusack is the top build actor and you don't even see him until episode two. Not only that, but most shows follow a pattern. Most shows you have a, you have an introduction, you have a, Oh, this is a struggle we have to get through and they accomplish the struggle and they land the plane. That's the typical platform of a show. Every once in a while you throw in a twist this show follows no paradigm. This show literally from 
episode one <laughs> from the first episode takes everything that you thought you knew about how a show should, should go and goes, yeah, but what if we didn't do that? And every episode is literally a pattern of, yeah, that's cool and all, but what if we didn't do any of that? What if we just, what if we just kill off these people? What if we just go this direction? What if we don't let any of these people survive? What if the hero that we think is the hero kills off people that we thought were the good guys? What if the guy that we thought was the good guy is actually the bad guy? All kinds of scenarios come up. What if the bad guy that we thought was really bad is actually kind of good? Every scenario that you could go, how could we twist this around and make it super confusing and still really interesting? They do it. All the way till the final episode, all the way through every episode. There's a reveal at the end of the last episode where you're like, wait, hold the phone? What? I mean, I literally want people to watch this so I can talk to them about it and go, did you catch that part? Just like the comic book, just as intricate as the comic book was driven, was drawn, um, there are scenes in every show that you could go back and rewatch and pick up on things and go, oh, crap, I didn't see that part. I, I forgot that part. I, I must have missed it because I was paying attention to this other thing. There's a lot that happens. There's even some really nasty, gory stuff. A um, lot, of, lot of shooting, a lot of shootings in the head. Um, there is a uh, an incident with salt, bleach, and a spoon. And trust me, you don't want the spoon. Uh, <laughs> there are characters in this that are that are surprisingly in their roles of things that they don't normally play. John Cusack. <clears throat> spoiler alert: John Cusack is uh, actually the bad guy. I've never seen him play a bad guy before. <clears throat> it did dawn on me, though, as I'm watching the show, that that I've never seen him do a bad movie or a bad show. He's done some things I wasn't crazy about, but he does a great performance every time. Rain Wilson is in this. He played Dwight Schrute on uh, The Office. He's a scientist, a virologist in this, and really cool role. Like, <clears throat> you, <clears throat> excuse me, in the, in the show The Office, I mean, he's in his, what, 20s and 30s then? And now he's an older man, so he looks like an older man. He's put on some weight. He's got a full beard. I mean, when you first see him, you're like, wait, that's is that him? Holy crap, that's him. Okay, cool. Really interesting character that he plays. Um, Dan Bird is in this. A lot of people don't remember Dan Bird as a name, but when you see him on screen, you're going to be like, oh, that kid. Yeah, I've seen him in all kinds of stuff. Really good actor. He has a huge role in this. Um, I don't know the girl who plays one of the main characters, uh, there is a character called Jessica Hyde, who is the main character in these comic books in dystopia and utopia. Here's the thing. You don't know if Jessica is good or bad. Even when you think she's good, you don't know if she's good or bad. Even when you think she's bad, you don't know if she's good or bad. Interesting character. Interesting character. There's even a, a reveal at the very last episode where you're like, wait, what does that mean? Like there's all kinds of stuff that leads you to the teaser of, I just, I got to see season two. Like, Holy cow, this is really written. Well, whoever bid on that really underbid, like <laughs> whoever, whoever got the rights to do that show got away with something there. Cause that is a, that is a fantastic show. Um, there's an assassin on the show called Arby, which I find out later is because he likes, uh, Raisin Bran, raisins. They just, they didn't want to give him a name, so they called him Arby. I mean, there's all kinds of little things in this. There's a guy they call Mr. Rabbit, or a person, I shouldn't say guy, a person they call Mr. Rabbit. 
crazy. Uh, there's a character called Homeland that uh, later turns out to be something else. There's Blue Fairy that turns out to be something else. There's a there's a woman on the show that's a, just a giant woman called Artemis. And in the comics, Artemis is supposed to be like this protector of uh, Jessica Hyde. <clears throat> when you see her on screen, though, you're thinking the whole time Artemis is a guy. And then you see her on screen and you realize it's a woman. It's a, uh, it's, it's, she's five foot 10. She's um, Cameron Mayhem. She was on the practice. She was like one of the head lawyer ladies, a uh, very large lady with, with um, the multiple earrings in both ears. She was on persons of interest. She played control in the last season, really stern, strong woman. Good, good character. Holy cow. Good character. When the moment I saw her on the screen, I was like, I know who that is. But I had to Google it. Like it was hard to find on on Wikipedia this morning on Google. And uh, but I found it. Um very cool, very cool character development, very cool story. There's a lot that goes on in the show that is just like a holy crap moments, and there's never a lag. Never. Um it's fun. It's dangerous. It's okay. So <clears throat> I said, this was going to have some spoilers. So here we go. It's ultimately about the fact that John Cusack runs this organization who believes that the world is overcrowded. And the only way to correct it is to kill a bunch of people. I mean, generations of people. If you've heard, if you've seen this show, you can listen to this part. If you haven't seen this show, you might want to not listen anymore. But he comes out with this virus that's going to affect people in a way that they are sterile for three generations. Just think about that. They talk about the population of the Earth being overpopulated and the fact that uh, ten years ago the population was like. I don't know if this is actual true numbers or is this something they were saying for the show, but the population was like 1.7 billion. And then within 10 years, the population was 11 billion. And it was seen that in 10 more years, it's supposed to be something in the range of like 120 billion and it's unsustainable. So his fix to save the planet, to save humanity was to kill most of humanity. And he has a whole organization behind him and they have a plan. So, are you ready for Utopia? Because <laughs> I'm watching it. I'm like, holy crap. Yeah. So, anyway, watch the show. Get back to me. Tell me if you like it. I dig it. I'm, I'm in. I'm, I'm all in. Utopia. You guys rock. That's it. I'm going to wrap this up. Um... Thank you to everybody who's listening. Thank you to everybody who's been a part of this. Thank you to everybody who has been along for the ride. I didn't even talk about the podcast. I talk, I skipped the part about, I listened to the latest Bill Burt podcast, um, the, the, not Bill Burt, the latest uh, Two Bears, One Cave with um, Tom Segura and Burt Kreischer's back from doing his game show. That game show is coming out on TBS. Um, I think it's called Go Big. Uh, Snoop Dogg's on it, uh, Rosario Dawson, uh, some lady who's the singer of Sugarland. 
the guy who's a some guy who's a pro wrestler. I don't know. He's got a lot of stories about hanging out with Snoop. And the episode's really good. It's so good. I shared it with my friends. So fun stuff. Looking forward to it. That's it. I'm gonna wrap this up. Thank you to everybody who's listening. Thank you to everybody who's subscribed. Thank you to everybody who's following me on YouTube. Appreciate it. Um, I don't know what I'm going to do this next week with being off on Tuesday, but we'll see. We'll see how it goes. Listen, I'm just thankful I can do this and maybe you guys will stick around and help me figure it out along the way. Maybe you want to do a podcast with me. Tuesday might be a good day for you to, uh, to do a, a podcast. I don't know. We'll see. We can always zoom, right? All right. That's it. Take care, everybody. And as always, cue the cow.